If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This week on Doodling Review, we take a look at DC Crimes of Passion from DC Comics. Passion. Betrayal. Murder. When you're a private investigator, these are things that you experience daily. But when you add capes to the mix like Batman, Catwoman, and Harley Quinn, things get even messier. The name's Slam Bradley, and I'm telling you that this year's Valentine's Day special has more intrigue than you can shake a stick at. Ten Tales of Love. The kind of love that can push people over the edge. Don't miss it, or I'll make you pay. That's really weird coming from me and not actually Slam Bradley, but there you go, there's the solicitation. DC's Crimes of Passion comes out the week before Valentine's Day, and this is full of love. Ten stories of love. Exciting and new. I do, I will say this, uh, except for maybe two, two of the stories in here. I love the art in every single one of these stories. I didn't hate the art. I did feel like it was very samey. It was well. That is one thing that I that I kind of appreciated is that there was a, there felt like there was some continuity. Like if you're jumping back to an old um, an old Batman story, like that very first one, it had a very unique look. But then you go into uh, a Slam Bradley story, kind of has a different look, but it's a very different style, different artists doing the stuff, uh, or a Black Cat story that you have going on, or the Pied Piper story. All of these things um, have an art style that I like. Now, where I where the art style started to uh, not come into my liking, man, you have to go clear past. I'm pretty sure it was the um, uh, maybe not even the Batwoman story. Uh, but it was that very last Slam Bradley story where um, where they're punching each other out on top of the on top of the rooftops at the rooftop bar. That one didn't do much for me. And even though it's still fine from uh, Andy Tong, the Nightwing and Batgirl story, the art I just thought was OK. And even the Catwoman story. I, so I guess it's the last the last uh, two before the shadow or before the question story popped up. I don't know. With the exception of the the Wildcat story, it all felt almost like a house style. It didn't feel like there was a whole lot of deviation, which, I mean, is fine. I think it helps with the continuity of the issue, but it also made some of the things like the the huge variations in lettering uh, from story to story. It made those stick out more. Mm-hmm. I think, and it made it feel. It, on the one hand, I can see how it's it's designed to feel more curated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, but I think, it also just it felt a little, you know, kind yeah, of. Yeah. So a, here's what I think. Same, happens. same. Here's here's why I think it happens. If you look at the very first story, the Batman in more than maybe, uh, Steve mm-hmm. Orlando and Greg Smallwood is the artist on that one. That was a good story. Yeah, I really did like that one a lot. Uh, but by the time you get to the end and to um, the question, mm-hmm. the art style is dramatically different. And I think 
Now, this is just me guessing on the way that the art kind of slowly starts to edge to the other side, is that it's not a lot of the same same. It's that they're putting it in a way that kind of morphs to the to that end style. So by the time you hit you the end... You think that it transitions into John Paul Leon over the course of the yes, 80 pages? Yes, uh, yeah. in each of those artist styles. Because there is not a rhyme and reason... You know, when this first started out, old-time Batman... I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Old time Batman falling in love. Uh, we haven't seen anything like that. And then we transitioned. So that would have been like a 30s or 40s story, probably a 40s story. And then we do into the we go into the Black Cat uh, story and uh, Wildcat. Sorry. Uh, and we're thinking, oh, uh, this is probably a 50s or 60s kind of style from from the way that everyone's going. So I thought that this was going to be something that was a progression in time. And then all of a sudden it's totally not a progression in time. <laughs> it's Pied Piper in the 70s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it wasn't even Pied Piper in the 70s. It was Pied Piper in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. I like 2000s. that Pied Piper story, I too. I like that, that one, kind of... too, because the, the whole point of this issue, uh, for the for the listeners, people who are listening live on our Discord Thursday nights, 8 o'clock p.m., DC Crimes of oh. Passion is, yeah, it's about love, Exciting. but also there's that crime noir element that goes in with it. And when you get down to the Pied Piper story, it's not a, a love relationship between... Um, Pied Piper and his boyfriend, uh, or even the lust that this millionaire guy has for Pied Piper, it's Pied Piper's kind of love for his first love, his pipe, right? And I found that very interesting how we get to the end and he's like, oh no, this is, this is mine. This is my rush. Evil. Well, and I, I wasn't sure if it was the pipe specifically or the being a criminal part. Well, I think they go hand in. I think they go hand in hand with one another. I'm, I I kind of get the feeling that he's got that his original pipe back, so he's got that thing back. But also, I think that is that little, uh, little bit of uh, heroin that you forgot that is drawing you back into that to that uh, to that drug life. And I think for him, it's this this original pipe is drawing him back into into crime. I'm sorry little bit of heroin that you forgot about just kind of threw me. That's, that's, that's not a metaphor that I'm familiar with, but um, I'm with you. I, I like that up to a point. And of course that point is whether they make Hartley Rathaway a criminal again, because I'm just like, ah, boy, it seems like we've done that. I don't know if they've done that post um, Neuron. Yeah. He's been back and forth. He was evil. Oh, he was he? good. Okay. He was evil. He was good. Yeah. I thought it was after Neuron. That's when he went straight. Especially after the whole thing chained up to my best friend and he got to dra- uh, drag a dead body across half of. of uh, he was. He went straight. Well, we shouldn't say went straight because he's not straight, but he gave up the criminal lifestyle uh, in the early 90s mm-hmm. in the Wally mm-hmm. West in the, Flash. In the Flash. Yeah, yeah. Then went evil again and then gave it up again. Then went evil again. And then gave it up again about the time you're talking about. And then I think mm-hmm. he was evil again in the new 52. Oh, I didn't know about the new 52. I just knew that, um, what was it called? Uh, Villains Run or whatever that, that arc was. Horrible arc, by the way. <laughs> that, that big event. That was just horrible. I and I hated every I minute of it. And he was dragging around. Uh, Salvation Run, Sal- I think was it? it was. Yeah, oh yeah, Salvation Run. That's the one. It's actually written by... Um, I'm trying to remember. It's it's written by somebody that we know and like, but it was just a horrible story. Part of it was a Gail Simone joint, I think. Some of it was, but uh, Survivor's Run or whatever that was, was not. Uh, I think it was... <laughs> you literally just said the title! How can you forget it? Salvation Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see, it's so forgettable. 
Is it though? It is. It really is. It what was, if it was, it was, a, it was, it's probably, who's your favorite writer? It was Scott Snyder. Uh, so it was. No, I don't. Was it Scott Snyder? No, I want to say that I'm it was. I I'm just trying to think of a guy you like. No, it I want to was... say that it was, um, let me look here real quick. Bill William. Bill William and Lila Sturgis were both the writers on this, uh, who hmm. I both like both of them, but I did not like Salvation Run at all. Yeah, you know, it was it was very dark. It was a yeah. Even by today's standards, it was a dark and bloody, brooding. Let's murder lots of people story. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Final yeah, Crisis yeah. is not my favorite time. No, 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 no. Uh, so we get a bunch of stories in this. Uh, I did kind of like the question story at the end, which is very Watchmen esque in how it's opening up. Instead of saying, you know, my city cries for me, and I say no, he he basically has a riff on that. Uh, from the very beginning, which I found kind of humorous, but also kind of, oh yeah, this is the, uh, this it is that origin. The question. Yeah, yeah. I like it. No, I, no, it I, that good. one was actually one that worked for me. Visually speaking, it was really good. The thing about a, a question story is there are so many different takes on the question. And mm -hmm. this is basically the Justice League Unlimited wandering around with the voice of Jeffrey Coombs asking questions that no one can answer version, which... I'm fine with, I really like that take, but I feel like it's another one of those stories where you're just like, man, what a weird choice for a love themed yes. issue. Yes, exactly. Right. I, yeah, I think that one was, but I mean, it did show that here were these two guys, uh, former lovers and now one of them has to kill the other. It's just, I mean, it's very interesting. It's a very, it's a super tragic story, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I enjoyed that one. Um, I didn't. I didn't really care for the the Nightwing story. Just I as far the as the Nightwing story is there for the hardcore uh, Dick and Barbara shippers, which is fine. I like them as a couple. I just thought that the story was kind of overall weak. Also, the Catwoman story, I didn't care for. It's like War of the Roses um, meets meets crime drama. It was just really weird. Yeah, I think the most successful overall story for me. Uh, even though I couldn't figure out what they were doing with the lettering was the slam, Bla the slam Bradley story. Yeah. I like that one. I like which that I one a thought lot. was really, really well done. And I, it had that moment where, you know, they danced through the decades. That's mm -hmm. a really beautiful concept. That would be that really is a gorgeous page. That would be a cool page to get your hands on, right? That just because of uh, how you see him change and evolve over time. Although I think we've always seen him. As a no, black Slam, hair. Slam Bradley started in 1938. I know, as but a 40, a 40-year-old 40 man with a buzz cut. Yeah, that's so. what I'm saying. He hasn't, he hasn't evolved over those uh, 80 years. So um, sure, he has. He's, uh, now, now he wears his his uh, suits in a different cut. Yeah, but yeah, I, I liked the whole you know built-up backstory of their 50 years of whatever it is. That was neat. Mm-hmm. It was a really good story. And Slam is one of the characters that you can get away with that with because, you know, DC doesn't have a lot of continuity anymore. The universe has only been around for 12 minutes at any given time. And they're going to reboot. Like, like next week, they're getting ready to I think reboot. It's a, so. I think it's a soft reboot, to be honest. I think it's just one because we already saw it with Wonder Woman. And then if and when uh, that uh, Flash 750 comes out. Uh, some things will happen with that, but it, uh, it depends on what you consider a soft reboot. I mean, the if you've I think it's just I think what they're doing is just the, lighting timeline stuff. Now, now they're doing more than that. that. I think they are doing. They're not doing a new fifty-two. We're going to force everyone to start fresh from number one, except for Batman because it sells. 
uh, kind of thing. But they're, I think it's more than just a sliding timeline. I think they're doing some pretty fundamental changes to stuff, which, yeah, that's fine. Coming out of Doomsday Clock, anything new would be great. If we can do it without murdering some more children and having a lot more angsty discussions about how everything I love is lost, that'd be even better. But, you know, you can't hope for too much. Yeah. So back to this. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty cool book. If you are looking for a bunch of stories, then this is a place to go grab a bunch of stories. Uh, I would say most of them are pretty good. The art in all of this is really good. Um, it is $10 for 10 stories. So that's a buck a story. That's not too bad. When I $10 first... for 80 pages, which is, uh, well, a regular book is $3.99 yeah. at 20 well, pages. Batman books, $4.99. Yeah. Yeah. But even so for uh, four 20 page books at $4.99 is going to be $20. Mm-hmm. This is half price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, this is, this is a good buy. This is a good bargain. When I first read this. Part of me was like, oh, these really feel like they should have been backup stories that were running. You know, this is the way we bump the three ninety nine book up to a four ninety nine book by adding these eight extra pages of short story stuff. And so I really it kind of really felt like that's what these were set up to be so that they could jack that price up. But I don't think they do that anymore in the detective or the Batman books or any of their bigger title books. Um, so this while it focuses on the theme of love. Uh, I'm really surprised that this came out in the first week of February instead of the second week of February. So it'll be on the stands on the 12th. You can find it. You can buy it. I mean, yeah, it'll if it is, if, if people don't automatically remove them, you know, here's what came out last week kind of stuff. I know some stores that I used to go to would only put out the this week's stuff. And then if you were looking for last week's stuff, you really already had to go into a a last week bin all right, that's that a bad not, store. Yeah, it was not organized well. Right now. Yeah, it, it was not organized store. well. Um, but you, yeah, you got to I mean, leave the last couple three issues available so that people can go. Hey, yeah, where's the there. issue before that? They're it's over right there in that. One. They're over there in that bin. That's what nope, they would say. Nope. That is a bad store, and they should feel bad. Well, I, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. They had a lot of customers, bad so store. they probably don't. Uh, so for I, me, I, I think they I, should. I really thought that this would have been something that would have come out the week of the 12th. So you could really hit that Valentine's day audience. But if it is the month of love, then you can have this book out at the first week and run all the way through. I enjoyed it. I think that there are several stories. Well, in fact, uh, many of the stories, if you don't know who Pied Piper is, if you don't know who Wildcat is, if you don't know who uh, Slam Bradley is, uh, then you're going to be lost a bit in this. Uh, But for the most part, I think anybody could pick this book up and enjoy it and have fun with it. I don't think it is too over the top in violence. I don't think it's too over the top in really any of the categories that offend most people. Uh, So I'm going to say this is a pretty good book, although it is expensive. What about you? Okay. Uh, There are things that I like about it. There are stories that I appreciate in it, but what I really come away with is a sense of sameness that, kind of makes it hard for me to recommend it simply because even with the good parts of the story, you know, I liked the hook at the end of the uh, wildcat story. I liked the bits and pieces of things. I liked the art. I liked the moment where, you know, Dick and Barbara have to admit that they still mean something to each other. Like they have to every seven to 10 years, uh, contractually speaking, ever since the 1940s. 
But it just it doesn't feel like there was anything here that really says to me it's a rush right out in a buying frenzy kind of book. It's a it's an okay book. It's a perfectly fine book. If this were your first comic ever in the universe, I'm sure you would be like, oh, maybe I could go back for more of that. It would certainly turn you off like the issue of Hector Heathcote did when I was four. But I don't know. I don't know if I can recommend it. I think it's more of a if you're really into a themed book, if you're into a you know a kind of a done in one thing that covers a lot of people, this may be for you. If you have nine dollars burning a hole in your pocket, this may be for you. If you really want to see what uh, Steve Orlando could do with Batman, if anybody would you know let somebody new write Batman ever again, you know this may be a book for you. But I don't know if I would recommend it simply based on what it is. Uh, it's kind of like. A, not long ago, they did the, what was it, the nuclear winter stories? Oh, yeah, yeah, or yeah. Christmas a, time? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was it was interesting. You know, it was a nice big holiday-themed one-shot. It was good. It's a book that you can buy. It's a book that you can read. But it's not necessarily a book that anybody's going to be talking about two months down the line. And I feel like that's kind of what this is. By the time we get to St. Patrick's Day and we have the next one, you know, the, the wearing of the green 80-page giant, this one will just roll off the end of the pier and no one will remember it. But... It's a good book. It's an okay book. Certainly, it's a book that you can buy. Yeah, and that's why I, I said I, I really felt you. like all these stories were felt like they're backup stories that were collected into this volume. Uh, because I could really see each one of these being a backup story in, well, in fact, I think all but the Slam Bradley. Well, that one could go into Batman. Uh, Wildcat would certainly go back into the back of a Detective Comics, or vice versa for those two. Nightwing would go into the back of Nightwing. Question could go into the back of a Question Story. So each of these has their own title that they could have been in as a backup story. And I guess that's a part of me that feels somewhat disappointed is that there you're right there beyond this loose thread of love. It does feel like there were a bunch of, um, you know, back, you know, um, extra, extra stories, short stories, right. backup material that they didn't know what to do with. And they're like, well, there's a loose thread. Let's let's throw them in and release it in, in Valentine's Day month. Yeah, and now we can find out what the guy who voices Hiccup Horrendous Haddock can do on Nightwing. And yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. All because of you, we are reading this book. Uh, So now it's time for you, our dear listener, to figure out what we are going to read next week. Coming out next week from Boom Studios, we have Alienated Number 1. Uh, uh, let's see, what is that? Big Black Stand at Attica graphic novel. That's a mature reader's book. Uh, graphic novel, that's a, a one-shot thing. They actually sent that to me. I actually have a physical copy of that uh, sitting wow. here. Uh, they, yeah, they sent it to me two weeks ago, which is, I was surprised, because normally they wait until the week of, and then it arrives. Uh, but this is the first time they got something out a little bit earlier. So I think they're kind of excited about this book. Uh, Go Go Power Rangers number 29 arrives. Ronan Island number 10 comes out next week from Boom Studios. Uh, next week from Dark Horse Comics, we have Blackwood, Morning After, number one, uh, Stranger Things, Into the Fire, number two, and let's see, Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs hardcover, 1999 book right there. DC Comics has the Grant Morrison Animal Man run, trade paperback volume one, for 30 bucks. Batman and the Outsiders, number 10. Batman the Dark Knight Detective trade paperback volume three. Batman versus Rachel Ghoul number four. That's uh fourth four of six. Batman's mm-hmm. Grave number five. Dollhouse Family number four. Gotham City Monsters last issue there number six. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy number six final issue there. Hawkman twenty one. 
Supergirl 39. Let's see. Uh, Superman number 20 and Wonder Woman 751. Also, Flash 88 comes out next week. Uh, over at Dynamite, they have three books coming out, four books coming out next week. Deja Thor is number three, James Bond number three, Vampirilla number three, and Vampirilla Red Sonia number six. Uh, IDW Publishing has Dungeons and Dragons, Infernal Tides number two, Sonic the Hedgehog number 25, and Uncle Scrooge number 54. Image Comics has, let's see, what do they have next week? Moonshine number 16. I am really surprised that that series continues to uh, to sell. Uh, it was good when we read it, yeah, but I just figured it was going to be a limited run thing, not uh, 24 issues later. Here we are. And also, uh, Image Comics next week launches Tartarus, number one. Marvel Tartarus. Comics. Yes. Tartarus sauce, number two. Uh, Marvel Comics has Amazing Spider-Man, number 39, Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda, number six, Gwen Stacy, number one, featuring the secret origin of some character that everyone loves, according to Marvel. Hmm, I wonder who it could be. I don't know. Iron Man That's 2020. I, Iron Man 2020 number two. Uh, Jessica Jones Blind Spot number three. Miles Morales gets a graphic novel. A great responsibility. A trade paperback there. Morbius number four. Symbiote Spider Man Alien Reality number three. Thor number three. Venom 23. And X Men number six. In all the rest Thor category. Number three is out already? I just yeah, no, they're doing just... this thing like uh, weekly because I was really surprised too because Thor 2 dropped uh, this week. Last week? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, no, this week, I'm pretty sure. Thor Thor 2 dropped this week. Well, I have already reviewed it. Yeah, I mean, I'm just really surprised at how so quickly they have. last Wednesday. Ah, okay, so I'm very surprised at how quickly they have these coming out. And I'm not really sure why they've gone bi-weekly on that. Big um, crossover, Shmagegia coming. It must be. They must be having to rush to get to a certain plot point. Uh, Archie 1955 number five arrives from Archie Comics. Bloodshot number six. Uh, Escape of the Living Dead number five. Let's see what else do we have coming out. Jungle Fantasy Secrets number two. <laughs> Y'all got Jungle Fantasy. Y'all got Jungle Fantasy. Medieval Sorry, Lady Death number eight. So if you're looking for some Lady Death, you can get that. Uh, you can get uh, No Hero number four, Robin Hood Vigilante number four from Xenoscope Entertainment, and Zombie Tramp Ongoing number 67. So there you go. Those are some of the comics that are coming out next week. Now, Matthew, please tell everyone how they can uh, let us know what book they want us to look at the most. Here's what you do, Faithful Spoiler ID. You go to patreon.com forward slash major spoilers, and you're going to look for a post entitled Dueling Review for February 12th. 2020. Oh, that's my wife's birthday. I should get her something. Anyway, you will then look at that post. Stephen will list all of those comics that he said and more. You will be able to choose a comic that you can vote for us to review. And if enough friends join in, if everybody says, hey, we're all going to tell two friends and you'll tell two friends and it's a shampoo commercial, we will review that book next week. But here's here's the catch. Stephen makes the call based on what you see on Sunday. So you've got about, yeah. I don't know, 72 so, hours from right so now. People right who, now. So people who are there. listening and, and doing stuff like on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Sorry. Well, it's, it's already too late. We're I mean, I, I appreciate I appreciate the enthusiasm. But yeah, it's Sunday when that decision is made. That's fine. We got to yeah. we got to do it, you know. Sometimes now, you got to prep. Now listen, uh you do not have to be a paying patron to take part in the Dueling Review uh voting 
you know, we don't uh, we don't lock it out. Anybody can go and vote over at Patreon.com slash Major Spoilers. But right. if you decide that you enjoy this show and you enjoy this conversation and you want to get access to the live show recording each week and you want to sit in the chat with all the other cool, cool people like uh, Baluey and Kevin Eleven and Mark Smith 72 and Marshall and Omega Lazarus and all those great people, then you need to become a paying member of at least the $5, the silver level that's not very much. That's like less than the cost of this comic that we reviewed this week. Uh, for less than the cost of the comic we reviewed this week, you can become a patron. You can help us grow. You can get more content in your ear holes or on your eyeballs when you go to Majorspoilers.com and a bunch of bonus content when you go to Patreon.com slash Majorspoilers. So thank you, everyone, who is already a patron. And for the rest of you, we hope to see you become a patron very, very soon. That's going to wrap it up next week. And until next time, when you will hear Matthew say... We are the Doodle Bops. We are the Doodle Bops. This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.